Grace Church would like to invite you to listen to a sermon by our pastor, Todd Nyberg. We are located at 4137 Todd's Road, two miles outside of Manowar Boulevard. Sunday services are at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bible study is at 9.45 a.m. Wednesday services are at 7 p.m. Nursery is provided for all services. For more information, visit our website at toddsroadgracechurch.com. Now here's our pastor, Todd Nyberg. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, Paul said, We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now, how many times have you listened to messages and thought, I don't get that? How is it that can somebody can actually believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God without error in it. How can somebody believe something like that? That's foolishness. How can somebody believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin? Do you really expect me to believe that? Do you really expect me to believe that a man dying on a cross can make me perfect and without sin before God. Do you really expect me to believe that? Do you really expect me to believe that God created the heavens and the earth? Those things seem foolish to me, incredulous at best. How do you expect me to believe something like that? Well, Paul said there are some who do. You may not be one of them. I pray God makes you that way. You see, the fact of the matter is you won't believe unless God gives you the grace to believe. Faith is beyond the reach of the natural man. You see, faith is not a decision. You don't decide to believe. You believe when God gives you life. And when you believe then, you believe because you have no choice. You must believe. And there are some people who hear that the Bible is the Word of God, that Christ was born of a virgin, that Christ completely saved everybody He represented and died for. There's some people who hear that and they see it as nothing less than the very wisdom of God. They see the mysteries of the Scripture and believe them. Now, quite often the word Mystery is used in the scripture. Paul said, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. And understand this, the word mystery in the New Testament is not the way we use the word. When we use the word, we say, well, it's a mystery to me. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I'm clueless. Uh, but when the Bible uses the word, it's not about truth concealed. I don't know the answer, but truth revealed something we could not have known unless God was pleased to make it known. Would you ever suspect that God is one God and three different persons? Of course you wouldn't. The only way we know this is because of the mystery that God has revealed in His Word. 
Now let me read these words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. Now there are many people who find the things of God foolishness. That's how they consider them. The Bible, what the Bible says, why that's foolishness. Well, there are some people who do not count what God's word says, foolishness. Howbeit, Paul says, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Do you believe anybody's perfect? Everybody Christ died for is perfect. They're perfect in God's sight because Christ put away their sin. They have no sin. They have his perfect righteousness. Now, in this life, we know this by faith. We don't know by experience. I know before God I'm perfect because the scripture says by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now, I read that in the Bible and I know that I'm perfected before God. I'm perfect. But what I see is certainly not that. I see myself as lacking and sinful, but I know what Christ did is enough to make me, it made me perfect. And this describes every believer. This is not talking about spiritual maturity. This is talking about every believer being perfect in Christ Jesus. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world. This is not the wisdom we're speaking of, what the world would call wisdom. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, Christ sent me, not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, not with manipulation, not with trying to make the gospel more appealing to the flesh or trying to remove the offense of the gospel from the message. We don't use wisdom of words. We don't try to package the gospel. Wisdom of words is the way of the world to make the gospel more attractive. Paul said we don't do that. Now, when we're talking about not using, or when Paul's talking about not using the wisdom of the world, he's not talking about the arts and the sciences. He's not talking about the advances made in technology and medicine. We're thankful for those things. In many ways, they've made this world a better place. And he's not talking about the wisdom that enables a doctor to perform a transplant or a, a, to create a drug that can heal somebody. We're thankful for that. That's all of the Lord. And anyone that has the wisdom to do that, God gave it to them. They can't really take credit for it, although they no doubt will. Many do. But it's God-given wisdom. And thank the Lord for that. So Paul is not speaking against that kind of wisdom. He's talking about fleshly wisdom, the way of the world. He said in verse 19 of chapter 1, For it's written, God says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Those who believe themselves to be wise, those who believe themselves to be prudent, God said, I'm going to bring them to nothing. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe, the writer? Where is the disputer, the eloquent person of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? 
Yes, he has. The Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. So when he's talking about not using the wisdom of the world, he's talking about the, use, the wisdom used by preachers who don't preach the gospel and try to manipulate and try to uh, persuade, encourage people, not with the word of God, but by fleshly methods, trying to make the gospel more appealing. That's what Paul's talking about. He says, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Paul said, we speak, we preach, we declare. David said, I believe, therefore have I spoken. What a man believes is what he publicly declares. I love it when they ask the Lord of his doctrine. He said, why are you asking me? Ask them that heard me. Uh, it's not so much what a man tells you privately that he believes, but what he preaches publicly. That's what he believes. Now, he said, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. As I said, a mystery is that which could not have been known unless God was pleased to make it known. Verse 7, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom. The Lord said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. Who hid these things from the wise and prudent? God did. There's a passage in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10, where it says, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, hidden wisdom. Remember when the Lord said to his disciples, unto you, it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them it is not given. And Paul calls this the hidden wisdom which was ordained before the foundation of the world. This is eternal wisdom. This is not Johnny-come-lately wisdom. This is not something that began in time. The eternal wisdom is eternal before the foundation of the world. There was never a point in which it began to be. And there will never be a point in which its non-existence is it's as old as God. This wisdom, this mystery. Paul said in Romans chapter 16, verse 25, he spoke of the revelation, the uncovering, the apocalypse of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but is now made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets. When Paul is closing the 
letter to the Ephesians, he says, pray for me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, that I might speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, in true preaching, there is the preaching of the mystery of God. The wisdom of God in a mystery, the wisdom of God that's so infinitely above the wisdom of men. Now, let me repeat what I said at the first with regard to this thing of mystery. It's not truth concealed. I don't know the answer. It's truth revealed that we would never have known had not God made it known in his word. The Bible is full of mystery, something that men could never discover. They could never use the powers of human wisdom to find these things out. Canst thou by searching find out God? No. No, you can't. A mystery cannot be understood, only believed. A mystery cannot be explained, only proclaimed. Can I explain to you the mystery of the Trinity? How God is one God and three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God in three distinct persons. Can I explain that? No. Can I illustrate that? No. I can just proclaim it. God is one God in three distinct persons. Persons. Oh, the mystery of the scripture. Paul said, we speak, we preach the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now, do not get confused with a mystery and mysticism. You know, there are people who um, think truth is revealed apart from the scriptures. Somehow, even the intellect is bypassed and they just know you know, there's no verification of that because there's no scripture. Mysticism is not true. We're not talking about mystical religion. We're talking about mystery religion. Truth that cannot be understood, only believed, cannot be explained, only proclaimed. The mystery of God. Now, here's where we got to begin when we speak of the mystery of God. We've got to begin with the scripture. That's where the mystery is made known in this book called the Bible, the Holy Bible. First Timothy or second Timothy 316 says all scripture from Genesis 1, 1 to Revelation 22, 21. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, that's what the Bible claims for itself. Peter said that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. If God can create the universe from nothing, and he can, he's God, he's all powerful. If God can create the universe from nothing, he can inspire men to write a book without error, his words only, and cause them to be preserved through the centuries. The Bible is where we find these mysteries 
of God. They're not known intuitively. They're known because God has recorded them in his word. The Lord said, thy word is truth. We read in Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, of the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. God has made known his character in this book, the revelation of the mystery of his character, the mystery of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all one God, equally God, in three distinct persons. And each person of the Godhead has his part in salvation. God the Father elected a people before time began to be saved. You know, Paul said, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. And in Ephesians chapter 3, he talked about how God revealed to him this mystery. So you'll understand my knowledge in this mystery. God revealed this to Paul. And that's why it's written in the book. God the Father elected a people. Christ assumed completely responsibility for those people. And he lived for them, worked out a perfect righteousness for them. He died on the cross for them and put away their sins. He was raised for them. God the Holy Spirit in time gives them life. That's what's called the new birth. Now, this is a great mystery. We would never have known this had not God made it known. Now, listen to this with regard to God electing a people before time began to be saved. Let me tell you what I know about that. Number one, I know it's true. Number two, I know it glorifies God. It declares God to be God in absolute control. And number three, I won't be saved without this. I need God to freely choose me as an act of his grace. If he doesn't do that, I won't be saved. This is absolutely necessary for the salvation of the sinner, the work of the Father in eternal election. The scriptures reveal the work of the Son. Christ said with regard to his people, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which you have given me. He said, I lay down my life for the sheep. Now understand this about the death of Jesus Christ. He wasn't making an offer. He wasn't making salvation possible if you do your part. When he said it is finished, everybody he represented was saved. And my dear friend, once again, that glorifies God is what the scripture teaches. That's what I need. I need him to do everything for me. I need him to take my sin because I can't do anything about my sin. I can't make it to go away. I need to, him to take it upon himself, pay for it, put it away. I need his perfect obedience to be my righteousness before God. Oh, thank God for the work of God the Son in redemption. I need the work of God the Holy Spirit in regeneration. I need him to give me a new heart. I need to give him to give me faith. I need to, him to give me repentance, being born of the Spirit. If he doesn't do that, I won't be saved. So when we're talking about the Trinity, it's, it's a, yes, it's the truth, but it's what I need for God to save me. I can't be saved apart from this. All the persons of the Godhead have their part in salvation. We read in 1 Timothy 3, 9, 
of the mystery of the faith. Everything in the Bible can come under this phrase, the mystery of the faith. Uh, Faith itself is a mystery that we could have never known had not God made it known. Now, could you have woke up one morning and thought, well, how am I supposed to be saved? By faith or by works? Which is it? Well, I think it's by faith. Well, of course not. The reason we know this is because the Bible teaches salvation by faith and not by works. Now, what does that mean? Let me quote a scripture to you. Salvation by faith and not by works. To him that worketh not. This is Romans 4, 5. Not a more important verse of scripture in all the Bible than this. To him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Now, let me tell you two things you can't do at once. You can't work and believe. You're either working to earn your salvation or you're believing on him who justified the ungodly. Now, think of those terms. A holy, just God, justified, rendered not guilty and sinless, someone who was ungodly, sinful, unrighteous, evil. How did he do that? That's the most glorious thing that I that's ever heard by man. How can God do that? How can God be just and justify somebody sinful like me and be just in doing so? That is the mystery of the gospel. God can be absolutely just and totally righteous and yet justify someone. And what is the evidence he has done that? They believe the gospel. They rely on him. They believe on him that justifies the ungodly. We read in 1 Timothy 3.16, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. What a great mystery that is. God was manifest in the flesh. Jesus Christ is God. He came down from heaven and became man. God was manifest in the flesh. The Word, the eternal Word that was with God and was God, was made flesh and dwelt among us. What a mystery that God was manifest in the flesh. Why was He manifest in the flesh? Well, man sinned. Man must die. And for me to be saved, something's going to have to be done about my sin. Christ Jesus came as a man and bear my sin in his own body on the tree and put it away. And that perfect obedience that he worked out is given to me. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Listen to this scripture. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 31. Paul said, I speak a great mystery. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ in the church. Now what was he talking about? In the previous verse, he's talking about marriage. The two shall be made one flesh. He's talking about a man and woman 
becoming one in marriage. Marriage is a God-ordained institution, a man and woman becoming one. And yet Paul says with regard to this, what I'm really talking about is Christ and the church, the two becoming one. Now, every believer is one with Christ. That's a great mystery. I've always been in Him. I've always been united to Him. Uh, Even when I wasn't conscious of it, even before I believed the gospel, I was in Him. And the reason I believe is because I've been in Him. Somebody that dies not believing the gospel were never in Him. But listen to this scripture, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11. Both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. I'm one with Christ. When God sees me, he sees his son. And that is what took place in the great mystery of the cross. When Christ died, I died. I was in him. I was one with him. When he was raised, I was raised because I was one with him. This is talking about the eternal union between Christ and his people. Now, this is mystery. (laughs) No doubt about it. It's it's the wisdom of God in a mystery. Listen to this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 speaks of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. What a mystery that Christ dwells in the believer. When he said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house, remain at thy house. Not talking about that day only, but for eternity. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said in Galatians 1, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I convert not with flesh and blood. You see, the gospel is not something so much understood as believed. The great mystery of the gospel. It's not something so much explained, but proclaimed. God manifest in the flesh. God the Father electing. God the Son redeeming. God the Holy Spirit giving life. And the evidence that God has elected me and Christ has died for me and God the Holy Spirit has given me life is I rely on Jesus Christ as all I have before God. I rely on Him and Him alone. I want nothing more. I want nothing else. I simply want to be found in Him. And this is the great mystery of the gospel. Yes, the gospel is mysterious. You know, uh, if I could understand it, if I could grasp it, if I could comprehend it, There wouldn't be much to it, but this is grand and glorious mystery, the mystery of the scripture. Paul said, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. May God give us the grace to speak 
the wisdom of God in a mystery and to believe the wisdom of God in a mystery. May God richly bless you and enable you to believe is our prayer. Amen. To receive a copy of the sermon you have just heard, send your request to todd.nybert at gmail.com or you may write or call the church at the information provided on the screen.